we'd like you to come on in and satisfy. Join us for a little while. Make yourself feel right at home. I hope you plan on staying long. Come in love. Come in love. Cool morning, but going to be a nice day today. 33 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 30 at the Highlands, 20 in my backyard in Elm Grove, where I'm not today. And 31 degrees here at the Robinson Otter Group Studios, downtown Wheeling. In the heart of the Ohio Valley, going to be sunny. High could be close to 50 today, so that's uh, that's not bad at all. A little bit of rain the rest of the week and into the weekend, kind of on and off rain. But the temperature's going to stay nice, upper 40s and into the 50s uh, throughout the weekend. My deal is to try and find some time this weekend to dodge the raindrops and to get the rest of the holiday decorations outside. And when I say, Bob, my deal, that means... Talking about Nancy. My wife's deal to get to. Your wife's deal. Get to, get to things. He's awful nice, Danny. He tries to pick a good day for Nancy to, to do her work. <laughs> I wanted That's to, very kind of him, isn't I, it, Bob? I, I don't want her in the rain, you know, if at all possible. It'd be nice if I could find it. Honey, I think it's not going to rain today. Good day for you to go to go, to go outside. Danny Magruder is here with us. You all know Danny. He has uh, been for a long, long time. He was the uh, manager of the uh, West Bank Arena and the Capitol Theater. I guess the t- title by the end was... Director of the Sports and Entertainment Authority. Yeah, it, that, that's basically what it was, Howard, but it was all the same job. You yeah. were basically the manager of West Bank Arena and yes, the Capitol Theater. Uh, you, you were just, I was a little bit nervous, concerned you wouldn't be here, because timing here. I thought maybe you got stuck in the whatever the hell it is out there on Main Street and Market Street. It, I left it, real early. It, it, geez, <laughs> Could you get in the lot, Denny? Did you have any trouble getting the lot? Well, it was difficult, but I got here. You didn't fall into the giant pit. There's a giant pit out there right yep. beside our entry area. And if you if you don't cut cut the Just car, right. you know, you could like shoop, go over there. Yes. You know, last time you were here with us, Denny, we talked a bit about this, and, and I am a supporter of this whole streetscape project, and I know, and I say over and over again, along with the mayor and the city manager and so on, this is designed in the end to be something good for the city. But sweet Jesus, it's getting bad. It's it's a very necessary project, Howard. I'll certainly agree with that. Uh, but I just think some things could have been done differently. Uh, this is very painful. I mean, I, I look at the businesses downtown here, I see the hurt. Uh, some of them haven't survived, and I just wonder how many more before this is over. I think there will be, um, and I, I, I'm not an expert in this, I think there will be some small businesses that just cannot make it through this. Absolutely. Those who have a good, strong business going will just live through it. Their profits will be low or nothing, but they'll get through it. Or those who have means of their own that can sustain them through the bad time. But these smaller entrepreneurial type places that it, opened up, I just don't see how some of them are going to exist. It, it's a drain, and, and I don't think they will, Howard, and that's unfortunate. But the problem, Denny, is that um, everybody, yourself, uh, even the mayor, current mayor and city manager, I think they recognize the problem. It's not a, it's a, it's a state project. There's not much the city can do about it. I think the state has screwed this up royally, but I don't know what the city can do about it. Well, I, I, I disagree with that a little bit. I okay. think that's where communication comes in, Howard. I think at the front end of this, elected officials have to be on top and have to be looking down the road, and, and they need to have that strong relationship with the state government so that we can make this stuff work. Look, we do these kind of projects all across America, and, and there are other things that can be done. I think you can negotiate, you can please your case, but... Sometimes, uh, particularly in the good weather, these projects have extended work days. Sometimes, uh, in 
certain cities, they work only at night. Uh, or you make sure that you've designed the project so the pieces fit. You don't tie up corresponding streets at the same time. I, I just think there's a lot of things we could do or could have done that would have lightened the burden here. I am not an expert on this, and I openly admit it. I'm not an engineer. I'm not a traffic designer or anything of that nature. But it seems to me, I, let me rephrase this. My belief all along had been we would do a section. It would be a mess. And while that section was being done, it was going to be a mess. But then when that section was done, it would be done, and then you would move down. That we would do, example, the north end of the town. You do up there around the Bridge Tavern and around the Fort Henry, the, uh, the suspension bridge. You would do all of that work, maybe down to maybe even as far as like the, the, the 10th Street, and then get it done, and then move on to the next. And now, and what, I, I, this, the, what's happened this past week has really bothered me. Now we've turned the corner and gone up Market Street as well. It's not just Main Street that we have. Now we've got Market Street shut down. Right. And, and I think that's the problem, Howard. We just cannot navigate, uh, yeah, reasonably navigate the downtown. Uh, God forbid those of us who live here daily can get through it. Out-of-towners or infrequent visitors have a real problem. And I have talked to some of the downtown businesses. And uh, I, just, I, I know some folks at the health plant. They were supposed to have some folks in the other day. They couldn't get there. They, they didn't know how. They had been sent directions two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. The out-of-towners had rented cars to get there. And it was extremely frustrating. Well, uh, health plant's a good example. Even if you get downtown, if you go into the health plant, you get downtown you can't park on the street because everything is barreled up. Correct. So, all right, you go to the garage or you go somewhere and you walk. You can't even walk there because the sidewalks are all torn in, up. In many places you can't get across, yes. So I, I don't know what what, uh, what the answer is. I got a text earlier, Bob, um, and Denny, you can reflect on this. Uh, Howard, let me see if I have this correct here. Howard, uh, what will happen with Frosty Friday? We're talking about Frosty Friday at the Nailers. How will people get to Frosty Friday or any of the Nailers games? I guess the good thing is that the southern part of the business district will be navigable. Uh, Mar- Market Street is shut down. But if you come down Main Street, you can park at the— uh, Get into the garage. Get into the garage. Or uh, if you come in from the southern part of the town, which I suggest everybody try and do now, you could get in. You can get as far as 14th Street on Market and then come down. So the, the arena is available, at least, and the parking garage is at least available. Yes. I got fed up yesterday, Denny. It just hit me. Like, uh, this could have been done differently. Communi- and I thought the same as you. Communication. It's, it's like a, a push-me-pull-you. And my concern, and maybe I'm overreacting a little bit, but I know in the years past they've really come uh, under attack, the Super 6. Other towns want it. I just wonder, Denny, if they're going to be able to use this against us, saying, you know, two years that's been going on. Couldn't You couldn't you had to go to Ohio. That, that's my biggest fear right now. I, I share that with you, Bob. I, I think that, uh, you know, I share that with you. And it's unfortunate we're already to this stage of the game. I mean, these are things we just had to plan and work out up front. And, and I think you just have to – elected officials have to be able uh, to declare their position, negotiate their position – and establish those great relationships that allow us to partnership with people and get it done. Communication is something Bob and I have talked a lot about, and he and I have spent the last week on this, so maybe I don't want to spend too much time. Don't want to beat the dead horse. Except getting your your take on it as a mayoral candidate. Um, 
one thing that has bothered me from the beginning of this project is we don't tell people what's going on. I do not understand why from the beginning. And I, I talked to the city about this, and I am told that they discussed it with the state, and the state doesn't want to do this on their project area. But the city has some space, like, just ahead of the project, maybe coming off the Fort Henry Bridge. There's some Why don't we put a big sign up that says, beautiful new city being built just for you, pardon our dust. This is a mess, but it's a mess on purpose. You know, I've seen pictures, you've seen pictures of the, what the town's going to look like when the streetscape is done. Get a giant picture of that and put it up there and say, this is what we're working this for. This is the vision. So give people a sense of what's going on. In particular, this weekend, for the Super 6, and it's, it's even, this week is worse than it has been in the past because of the Market Street closing. Why not giant signs that say, Super 6 traffic this way? Or if you're going to the island, you know, do now let me be clear. Maybe they're going to do that in the next 24 hours. That's possible. But if you're coming from out of town. If they listen to your radio show, maybe well, they'll do that. <laughs> if they're coming from out of town, and, uh, and even if they've been around before, how you how you get to the island is really complicated right now. Very complicated. If you if you pass through the downtown, it's it's extremely difficult. So you really need to have. Uh, I know that uh, I've told this on the air uh, a couple of days ago. I wanted to uh, I had to go over to Bridgeport, Ohio, to pick up my son, and I left here at the radio station downtown. I had to go up 12th Street. I couldn't go up Market, so I had to Chaplin. But I can't get back down on can't Mar- turn left. I can't back down on Main because the parking garage has got 10th Street closed off. So I end up over the hill, down past Generations to Perkins, the Perkins area, get back on the interstate and backtrack that way. Yes. I mean, it can be done, but you got to know how to do but, it. But you, yeah, that's right. You, you were one of those seasoned travelers in the city here. You know how to navigate it. Yeah. When this is all done, do you th- let's 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 not pitch anymore. No. When this is done, whenever that might be. Do you think that the city will will this be beneficial to the city? Oh, absolutely. This is this is a very necessary project, Howard. I don't argue about the project. It's just that we we should have done something differently up front. We should have made sure we knew what was happening and how we get to where we're going. And uh, yeah, it's going to make a huge difference. This 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 project is ultimately going to be good for Wheeling. But you know, how many uh, casualties are we going to suffer in the meantime? Uh, I I think that's the, I mean, that's. It's going to be a more and more of a concern than I had had. And, and as a potential mayoral candidate, that's that's my concern. It's not uh, what's happening to the twenty-seven thousand approximately people that live here. That's you have a responsibility to them. One of your opponents, uh, current mayor, current vice mayor Chad Thalman, is running on the slogan "Continue the comeback." I notice, and I apologize, not attending your. Opening last That's night. So I actually intended to do that, and I didn't get there. So I understand how. I was just too. The cold. world is busy. I was too cold. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm an old man, Danny. I don't go out in the nah, garden. you're not that old. But um, uh, from what I read, one of your themes is rebuilding the city together. Rebuild Wheeling together. Now, there, there is a difference there, and I'm not asking you to pick on Chad. I, I'm not going to do that. Chad's but, a good guy. But there is a difference. He says, continue the comeback. That things are well. And you're saying rebuilding as if it's time to take a different direction. Do, do you see, if you were mayor, would you want the city to move in some kind of different direction than it's been going? Well, yeah. I, I just want to make sure that communication is number one. 
communication, cooperation, and uh, to your point earlier, to make sure that our citizens know what the plan is, how we're going to do it, and make them part of it. That's, that's what I would do differently. I get the sense, and I have to read between the lines, because, Denny, one of your strengths and maybe a weakness, you're such a nice guy. All right. Well, thank you for that. You're I, such I, a such I a nice appreciate guy. That. And I get the sense you do not want to be particularly negative. You want to try and make, make, be positive. I, I'm positive minded. But I get the sense that you are not satisfied with the way the city is moving. I am not. I, I wouldn't be running if I were. Okay. What bothers you? Just the fact that I don't think we've had enough communication. We haven't had enough involvement from the total community. Particularly, this is a prime example, this project. Uh, you know, the elected leadership has to take the lead here. Uh, you know, the, the folks at the city, they, they just work every day and try to keep the train running. That's right. But the elected leaders have got to be in a position, number one, where they can get the ear of these people. And when we don't like the plan that's on the table, we got to negotiate a different one. Howard, I, I'll hark back to a, a few years ago, if you remember – we did some massive construction at the arena. We tore the front of the building off. Mm -hmm. We didn't lose one event. We had sellout crowds. And I, and I attribute that to staff, to media, to people like yourself. We planned that for a year in advance. We planned every step of that way, and we attempted to communicate that plan, particularly with our partners, the Nailers. The Nailers had maps and things and all their mail-outs and worked with season ticket holders. They, they were our partner. That's the key is building partnerships and sharing information. I don't think we've done that well enough. I want to focus on a phrase you just used. You want to make sure that the, quote, total community is involved. Yes. Again, I have to try to read between the lines with you. I read that as you thinking that perhaps the current leadership has focused on a particular part of the city. I don't mean geographically, but type of citizen to maybe the extent of others. Is that a fair analysis? Maybe I'm not explaining myself well, but... I don't know if that was intentional, but I think it's a fair analysis. I, I think there's a lot of people that feel like they haven't been heard. Okay. And that's that's my point. I've talked to many of those folks over the years. When I go to the wellness center or I'm in a restaurant, I, I hear those comments. And it doesn't mean that the current administration, the current elected officials are bad people. We've, we've just missed something there. Uh, we need to listen to all of our citizens. Hopefully everybody can be heard. There's ways to do that. Can you talk to every individual? No. No, you can't. But you can make an effort to include the groups and the representatives and, and to, uh, you know, focus your attention. When you're doing a downtown project, make sure you're listening to the folks downtown. The, uh, as you said, folks, I, I, I also have to, I feel the same way sometimes about the businesses downtown, every single business or almost every single business that has commented about the troubles they're having because of the construction work, they all begin, as I always do, say, well, but we know it's going to be better. We know it's all for the good. And so we just want you to try and stick with us. And I, I part of me thinks that they want to go, screw you. How in the world could you have done this to me? But they're, everybody's trying to stay positive about you know, it. Uh, the High Valley's a great community. People are trying to stay positive. You're right. And, and if you don't, you despair, Howard. And, and we don't want that. We don't want a whole negative train to flow. And I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just saying that we, first off, 
have to try to expedite this thing to the maximum we can. And secondly, we can't follow these same paths on future projects. And as we grow and Wheeling rebuilds and rebounds, we're going to have other projects that are trying. That You know, construction's never good. You and I both know that. Yeah. But we got to deal with it. we got to plan for it. And sometimes we just have to tell our partners, wait a minute, the plan on the table does not work for us. I, I, I mean, I was used to doing that in my 36 and a half years. It was negotiation. Uh, you know, sometimes you give away some things that you want, but you get things you need. And that's negotiation. That's communication. So that's what I do. Let's talk about that. What, do, what does your previous career, mainly as Civic Center manager and what Capital Theater manager, what does that bring to the mayor's position? What do you bring from your old job to the new job? Well, number one, I think it brings a great understanding of municipal government. You know, the, the, the arena is, is city-owned. Uh, we worked in partnership with the Convention Bureau to purchase and operate the Capitol. So I think we, we bring that, the, the knowledge of the inner workings, number one. I think is a good help. Number two, you have to navigate some uh, political landmines. <laughs> and and we've learned to do that. Are you successful every day? No, you're not. I mean, that's a, we don't have any magic wands. But you, you get that experience. The other thing is you learn to negotiate with a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons. And most of all, uh, I always said in my day that, you know, I was, I was not a good boss. I, I, I don't like that term, boss, personally. I was the quarterback. You got to have some good players around you, and you hand it off. You bring them in. Uh, that's what I learned on that job, Howard. Is that, uh, and and when you treat people right, they want to help. They do the same in return. And I, and I, and I tried to do that. I, was I the best manager in the world? Obviously not. But I learned a lot of great lessons, made a lot of great friends, and uh, I think we accomplished some 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 things. We got it done. Let me take a break and come back. I want to talk to some more with Denny Magruder. He is um, running for mayor of the city of Wheeling. One of the three that are running, current councilwoman Rosemary Ketchum is running from the third ward, and current vice mayor Chad Thalman is running for the mayor seat as well. Current mayor Glenn Elliott is term limited. He cannot run for re-election again. And then Denny Magruder is number three in this. Uh, Denny, you hear any of the rumors? I, I, keep, I have not heard rumors, but I just keep thinking there's another shoe to drop out there somewhere. Howard, I don't know. You know, there, there's been other names that have popped up, and, and they're random. Uh, and, and again, I, I tell people, and I, I said this last night, the great thing is this is America. We need choices. And, and I say to the folks out there, look, if, if you don't like uh, something I do, you don't like me, please uh, vote for somebody. If you can't vote for me, vote for somebody. This is America. So the more candidates we have, the more choices we have, ultimately the better community we're going to be. I have no sense of whom. I don't have any rumors, gossip, or anything. There's something in me says that the announcements are not done, that we'll see some other You've people. You've always worn the wizard hat over the years, <laughs> so I'm going to bet on you. All right. Let's take a break. Uh, Denny Magruder is here with us here on the Watchdog Morning Show. It is 828. Grizel Funeral Homes is proud to be a sponsor of tonight's game. Grizel Funeral Homes offers unique. 
When deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands with a full array of quick service choices from McDonald's, Wendy's, Five Guys, Taco Bell, Jersey Mike's, Jimmy John's, Chick-fil-A, or DiCarlo's Pizza. Or you can dine in at Eden Park, Primanti Brothers, Texas Roadhouse, El Paso, or Quaker Steak and Lube. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands, dining, shopping, entertainment, and lodging. Santa Duck is in town at your nearest Lucky Duck discounters. Smart Christmas shoppers start early at Lucky Duck, where the price goes down as the week rolls on with thousands of bin items. Plus shelf items like refrigerators, patio furniture, baby supplies, and more priced at 40% below retail. No other bin store in our area offers these great buys. Start your Christmas shopping now because it's all first come, first served, and items on the shelf change every week. Visit Lucky Duck discounters, Wheeling, Glendale, New Martinsville, Steubenville, and Morgantown. Lucky Duck, more than just a bin store, it's your Christmas shopping headquarters. Don't just listen. Be part of all of our shows. Use the Frio Stack Auction Service Hotline. Call or text us at 304-214-1600. The Frio Stack Auction Service Hotline. Your direct connection to the watchdog. What if your bank offered new checking and savings accounts with a very low balance required, online bill pay, and debit cards issued right away? I would like that. What if that bank had extended hours every business day and were open on Saturdays and most holidays? That's incredible. And if all their accounts had low fees or no fees? That's money in the bank. The right bank. Open your checking and savings account at Main Street Bank. You deserve a bank this good. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. This is another Sound of the Season. You're listening to the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on the Watchdog Radio Network. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Underneath the mistletoe last night She didn't hear me creep Down the stairs to have a peek She thought that I was tucked up in my bedroom fast asleep Are you saying over there, Kevin? Back are you saying... Did I, hear, did I hear you singing over there? Were you singing? Yeah, I was humming. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were. I thought you were singing a little. I didn't know if it was a tune or Dolly. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Magruder uh, is in the studio with us. Danny is running for the mayor's job here in the city of Wheeling. Um, now that Glenn Elliott is uh, term limited out, uh, Danny has a uh, background as the a, a number of different things, but basically. What, 30-some years? How many years? 36 and a half 36 at that particular position. At uh, running the West Bank Arena in the Capitol Theater. But I might say, Howard, that my professional career, I guess you call my professional career, actually began as a pretty young guy uh, in City Hall in, in finance. I worked on the bond issue that built the arena, and that That's started the love affair, developed. Yeah. So, Again, I think I have some background, number one, in city government, but also in finance. You were, what, third city man, third arena manager? I would have been— Rodriguez uh, was there. Rodriguez, and then uh, Bill Barnhill. Okay. And then myself. Then yourself. And Kelly's a fourth. Uh, Off the Frio Stack Auction Service text line, 304-214-1600. Experience is Denny's strong suit. Of all the candidates running for mayor, I think he is the best choice. I don't know who that is, but I, guess I appreciate that. Guess I, that's, I guess that is. Uh, I guess that's uh, that's one vote for you. And Denny, that bond was for Wheeling Civic Center. Is, is is that? Do I have that right? Yes, that, that's true, Bob. I, I had a chance to participate, work in that bond issue, do some of the uh, original budgeting for the arena when it was a dream and not yet a building. 
uh, when I worked for the city. Yes, sir. And it's interesting. I didn't realize that. So you've really been associated with the civic arena since since since, 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 since it was a dream. Since the idea. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's interesting. I want to ask one quick question before we take a break, and then a few other issues I want to get into with you. But I hear a lot of talk that with a new mayor and or council, there are some folks who feel it is time for a change in the city administration. Are you pleased with the current city administration and the way it operates? And I'm talking in particular here about Bob Heron and the rest of the staff, too. Uh I, I support Bob Heron. I, I, I had a chance, and I, and I can address this because uh, I spent more than 20 years uh, working with Bob Heron back and forth with the city. Now, listen, Bob and I didn't agree every day. In fact, I think if you ask Bob, he'll tell you, we had some knockdown, drag-out disagreements. Okay. But they were never on the street. They were never public. And we came to an agreement. We negotiated uh, at times. Bob, Bob knows how to get things done. That's, that's Bob is a strong card. He's a very smart man. And, and I would say this to you. I'll just make it really clear. If I'm lucky enough to be elected and Bob Heron wants to be city manager, he'll be the city manager. The, um, I, I think an awful lot of folks do not understand the work that the city manager does. It is such a complicated, detail-oriented it's juggling finances and, and grants and employees and staff and schedules. I just don't think – I keep hearing talk about, well, we better get somebody else. I don't think folks understand the, the work that is done and how well Bob Heron – put. this is my opinion yeah. – how well Bob Heron does that. Uh, and, Howard, I agree with you. And I think some things that, that, that you look at, uh, obviously, because I've been involved in that, I, I, I do know some behind-the-scenes things, how things get done uh, – Bob's magical when it comes to being able, knowledgeable, how to get financing done. You know, those, those major improvements at the arena, they were masterminded by Bob Heron. He's the guy that allowed that to happen. Uh, again, it was a partnership. We designed it. But I, I, I told Bob that lots of times. Listen, uh, he, he knew how to get it done. He knew how to get the financing done. He knew how to sell that and work with the bonds. He understands the TIF. All this TIF stuff going around town, Bob's the mastermind behind that. The, the, the folks need to understand city council, if, if we want to look at it this way, city council creates the ideas, creates the concept. Here's yes. what we want to do. But it requires Bob Heron or some administrator to actually bring it to reality. To Absolutely. Day to day, hour to hour. And Bob manages the resources. I mean, you know, and it's a, you know, come on, it's it's a multitask job. There's no doubt about that. Uh you know, good good city managers as, as talented as Bob are hard to find. I, I would think they're almost impossible to find. Yes, uh, if, other than someone like like Bob. And he's doing something right. He's been here over twenty years. Yeah. You know, city managers. The, the lifespan of city managers, Howard, isn't very good. That's right. You get it's it's six, a little better years. than arena managers, yeah, right. but it's not very good. <laughs> That's a good point. Danny Magruder is here with me. Let me take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk more about uh, some things that are uh, pending in the city of Wheeling and how they could or could not change under a Denny Magruder mayoral candidacy. Uh, but right now, let's go to the news desk of WTRF TV and see what Taylor Long has for us. Good Thursday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this November the 30th. Ben Woods Fire Chief Garson Taylor, who held first responders at bay with a weapon in April, was sentenced to 270 days in prison. 
He was convicted in October for brandishing a weapon, fleeing from police, and obstructing an officer. Taylor was taken into custody after being shot with a beanbag round and tased. Despite this incident being a blip on his otherwise clean record, the defense's argument did not sway the judge. Taylor, now in counseling, spoke in court expressing remorse and quoting the Bible. And in Wheeling, police are still searching for a suspect who allegedly committed an armed robbery at Lily's on River Road in North Wheeling. The man, described as an older white male with blonde hair, wearing an orange jacket and gray pants, reportedly entered the store with a knife and robbed the clerk around 11.45 a.m. The injured employee was taken to Wheeling Hospital. Anyone with information is urged to contact Wheeling Police at 304-234-3664. And two rest areas on I-70 in Ohio, located in Belmont County and Muskegon County, will be closed for demolition. The Ohio Department of Transportation has announced plans for construction at these sites. Both rest areas will close today. ODOT says these facilities will be demolished and replaced with new facilities. You will not be able to use the parking lot in the rest areas. An opening date for the new facilities have not been released at this time. Tis the season for many things merry, and a holiday classic is back. The Festival of Trees returned this year once again to the Stifle Fine Arts Center. Attendees got to relish in a celebration of creativity and holiday decor from 5 to 7 Wednesday night for the Wheeling Area Chamber of Commerce's Business After Hours. Mike Howard, Vice President of Membership, Events and Education at the Chamber, says it's one of his favorite events and even helped bring it back after rejoining the Chamber. In addition to all the unique trees, guests also had the opportunity to enjoy some great food and holiday music. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Thursday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. The Big 12 Conference announces its football postseason honors, and the state of West Virginia comes up strong. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. That story and more coming up on today's Mountaineer Report, brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. The holidays start here at Kroger with a variety of options to celebrate traditions old and new. You could do a classic herb-roasted turkey or spice it up and make turkey tacos. Serve up a go-to shrimp cocktail or use Simple Truth wild-caught shrimp for your first Cajun risotto. No matter how you shop, Kroger has all the freshest ingredients to embrace all your holiday traditions. Kroger, fresh for everyone. With Kroger brand products, you can make all your favorite things this holiday season. Because Kroger brand's proven quality products come at exceptionally low prices. And with a money-back quality guarantee, every dish is sure to be a favorite. These are a few of my favorite things. Whether you shop delivery, pickup, or in-store, Kroger brand has all your favorite things. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Yesterday was a good day for West Virginia football, and by that I mean football here in the state of West Virginia. Five members of the Mountaineers, who are West Virginia natives, were recognized for their play by the Big 12 Conference. First team All-Big 12, center Zach Frazier, who of course is from Fairmont. Second team All-Big 12, offensive lineman Wyatt Milam, who is from Canova. Morgantown High's Preston Fox was named an honorable mention selection. Bluefield's Sean Martin, also honorable mention, and Canova's Doug Nestor, an honorable mention selection. 
Congratulations to each and every one. Meanwhile, other honors for Mountaineers who aren't necessarily from here in the state. First team all-conference for defensive back Beanie Bishop, who transferred in in the offseason from Minnesota. He led the nation in pass breakups. Also, a second team selection for tight end Cole Taylor, who transferred in from LSU. Other honorees in the Big 12. The Offensive Player of the Year, Oliver Gordon, the very talented running back from Oklahoma State. The Defensive Player of the Year, guy we didn't see this year, Tavondre Sweat from the University of Texas. Congratulations also go out to the Offensive Freshman of the Year, Rocco Becht, the Iowa State quarterback who happens to be the son of WVU standout Anthony Becht. And... Mike Gundy, the Oklahoma State coach who's in his 19th season with the Cowboys, honored as the Big 12 Coach of the Year. That is today's Mountaineer Report. It's brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. Ohio Valley Regional Transportation Authority and the Eastern Ohio Regional Transit Authority remind listeners, in times of war and peace, the men and women of our military dedicate themselves to serving our country. Their commitment, patriotism, sacrifice, and courage keep our country safe and strong. Let us honor those who have lost their lives in the line of duty and salute those who serve today. A message from Ohio Valley Regional Transportation Authority and the Eastern Ohio Regional Transit Authority. Serving member communities on both sides of the Ohio River. On the last talk line on Metro News, Tim Holstein, Vice President of the American Postal Workers Union Local 133, on the possibility of the Charleston Distribution Center shutting down. If the changes that the Postal Service is wanting to implement that we have received would happen, your postcard would there go for to Pittsburgh or Penwood, then come back to Charleston. And in the union's opinion, that could possibly delay service. Talk line weekdays at 10.06 on this Metro News radio station. Live and local. With 10,000 watts of total power on WKKX and WVLY. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. On the house top, reindeer paws. Out jumps good old Santa Claus. Down through the chimney with lots of toys. All for the little one's Christmas joy. Coming up next hour here on the uh, Watchdog Morning Show, we're talking to Mike Florio. Mike is a Wheeling native. But uh, he is best known as an NBC sportscaster, creator, and host of sports, uh, uh, profootballtalk.com. And uh, he is an author. He was with us uh, earlier this year. He wrote a novel based in Wheeling uh, on his uh, dad, who was a bookie, and the life of the bookies in the 1970s. His new book is a Christmas book on our way home. Uh, Bob, my problem with this is <laughs> before he gets here, I may have to use this for kindling. <laughs> I I may have to do, Bob, were you ever a boy scout? Never. No. Can you no. do the do, can you do the I can start a fire now. sticks yeah, cuz we may I'm thinking we may have to start a bonfire in here. And I'm have to throw Mike's book on it just for kindling because it is friggin' cold in here. Is there? A, uh, do we have to call Belmont Petroleum? I mean, what is there a problem? What's going on here? <laughs> I don't know. It's a, we need coal. What kind of furnace do we have in the basement here? I, don't, I know it is cold outside. Thirty-five degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. Thirty-four at the Highlands. Uh, Twenty-five in Elm Grove, my backyard, and uh, thirty-four here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Sunny. With a high around 50 degrees, Frio Stack Auction Service text line. I I, I I wish somebody would call and say something bad about Denny. 
because um, I, I, you know, I, all the texts that are coming in are, are good about Denny and, and also about Bob. Bob Heron is an outstanding city manager, and the results in the city speak for themselves. That's just one of our text line people say. So. Good. Denny, you were here with us um, when, you, when you made the official. Uh, uh, back uh, in June. Uh, back in June. Uh, you made an unofficial announcement. We talked a little bit about your job, about your, your running. Um, and then you were pretty quiet. Honestly, I got thinking maybe you changed your mind. No, I, Howard, I think the public gets tired of hearing from, uh, well, i got to be careful, politicians. I've never considered myself a politician. But you are. And I said last night, you know what, I, I, I still don't consider myself a politician. I'm just a, a member of the community. And, uh, yeah, and it's just, it's too early. The election's on May 14th. So it, it is time to start now. It's time to start talking about things, talking to folks like you. Uh, you, you know, come... First of March or so, there'll be signs out, and we'll be out on the street like the other politicians. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that you say that because I always hate people. I'm not a politician. Wait a minute, you're running for elective office. I am now. I guess you're right. A politician. You. I did some research last night. I know the audience is stunned that I do research. Um, you got. You've already gotten support from a really interesting and different uh, group, folks who run other venues around the country. Yes have been coming to your support? Uh, they, they're at least talking about it, yeah. uh, which is very good. I, you know, Howard, I, again, in my, in my career, in my years at the arena, very lucky person, uh, was always surrounded by good folks, and uh, just was able, and, and, and again, I hope that speaks to what my talents are. I was able to make friends with arena managers all around the world, and uh, they were always there to help, you know. You never had uh, a problem that you couldn't pick up the phone and at least get some advice from somebody who'd been through it. So I, I thought it was interesting, though, that uh, there was an article about your, your uh, mayor's race in, I think it was Venues Magazine or something. Venues Now. It's yeah. Venues Now, which is kind of interesting. So it's, it, you probably won't see that for the other candidates, I suppose. Well, I don't know. <laughs> they might have their own, their own special place. Um, before I get to a big issue I want to get to, Identify for me, other than roads and communication, two big things we've talked about, identify for me areas that you would like to see the city focus differently on or focus on if you become mayor. Well, I I think, Howard, you know, all mayoral candidates in every city in America have probably a fairly common list that are really important. And things like economic development, community beautification, uh, financial oversight, and, and again, I think that's where I can help. My background, my degrees in accounting, I, I've managed budgets, uh, large budgets, in Marshall County Schools, West Bank o Arena. I've, I've done those things. And one of the concerns I have right now, Howard, uh, you know, COVID, COVID was an absolute devastating thing. But it was a financial blessing sure. for a lot of people, including Wheeling. We had $29 million. And we spent it, as we should have. I'm not, I, I don't have a problem with that. But now the time comes when we spend it, we've made investments, and you know at home that when you put new things in, new, new furnace, new different things, they got to be maintained. And so now I think that the financial oversight has to be very careful because the capital money's gone, it's spent, and now we need to maintain all these things. And so we got to be very diligent and delicate with how we do this. Budgeting over these next three, four years is going to be as key as it's ever been. And again... I would feel blessed if I'm lucky enough to win that that I had a guy like Bob Heron to help. 
Um, are there specific areas you'd like to see um, looked at? Economic development, how do we do that? Well, uh, Howard, again, I, I said to you earlier, I don't have a magic wand. Okay. But I think, as, as I did with arena managers, you reach out to that community across the country. You reach out, you get engaged, you find the people around here that know the most about it. Uh, we start to run advertising. We, we talk to other cities that have been successful. Uh, you don't want to reinvent the wheel. Uh, I can make no promises, but I t- you put your energy and attention and, and, and you communicate and, and you tell your story. And, and I think that's the way you do it. Denny, I saved the uh, worst for last. That's okay. So to speak. Uh, when you were here with me six months ago, whatever that was, we talked a little bit about the homeless problem. Yeah, the homeless was an issue. But it has really reached um, boiling point since then yes. uh, until now. There is talk of uh, having this managed camp of some kind somewhere in the city, uh, uh, preventing the homeless from uh, being on public streets to live on public streets and camp overnight. Uh, There is the life hub that's now been created. How big a problem do you see the generic, when I use the generic phrase, the homeless? How big a problem is that, and what is the solution if there is one? It's a major problem. Uh, is there a solution, Howard? I don't know that there's a total solution, but we've got to work uh, to lessen that problem. Now, first and foremost, we're very compassionate people. I know you. I think you know me. We're compassionate people. You're not going to throw uh, the poor people that just are unfortunate to be there on the scrap pile. But one thing we've got to do, we've got to stop the growth of homelessness first. Uh, you know, we do have reported to have a lot of outsiders come to town. And, and here's what happens when you do such a good job. We take pretty good care of the homeless. There's a number of places here they can get food, they can get free care, dental and, and, and medical care, and, and that attracts them. And uh, one of the things about Wheeling, Wheeling's still the hub of the High Valley. And I don't think we have near the homeless problem in Shadyside or Belair or Elm Grove, you know, that we have in downtown Wheeling. That, that's a given. But again, I think Let me we, just make a quick comment. Yeah. Elm Grove seems to be they're on, a, they're on the map now. a growing spot. I just want to say that. Listen, as is my your, neighborhood in Edgewood. I get, your, I get your point. We're on the map. Yeah. Uh, so I think we have to just, I think council made a giant step in the right direction to begin this by, by passing that resolution or that uh, ordinance that bans public camping. camping. Yeah. Uh, I, I still have a lot of concerns. I got to learn more about this. I got to talk to the experts, but... I have personally a problem when we talk about a low barrier. Low barrier, uh, my understanding, Howard, is you don't have to show any ID. You don't have to subject yourself to search. You don't have to follow listed rules. Listen, if, if you have a low barrier shelter, I don't want somebody who's totally inebriated walking in the middle of that. I think that is one of the biggest issues that the low barrier is designed to deal with, that, that some of the shelters say, well, if you're already, if, if you're drunk, you can't come in. The argument is that a lot of them are drunk a lot of the time, so that's what the low barrier is. But I, your your point is, what do you, here's my here's my response to that, and I, I don't have an answer. What do you do? What do you, I mean, all right, here's these are legitimate homeless people who are in bad straits. One of the things they do is drink. You knew, tell them no, send them back out on the street. Well, you know, Howard, I don't have the answer to that yet. I think we have to dig into that. But, again, you know, and I hate to say this, but I remember the days when we had institutions specifically for 
different folks. You know, we talk about two things. Uh, a lot of the homeless do have alcohol problems, number one. A lot of the homeless, it's said to me, have mental problems. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a way, uh, society does need to find a way to treat those people, but I don't think you put them in a, in a shelter, in a life hub, where maybe families that are unfortunate and have children, I, I don't want somebody coming into my camp that is totally inebriated, that maybe has a criminal record, that maybe is carrying a weapon. Uh, what's going to happen? You, you tell me. When, if we have a low-barrier camp and we've got kids and, 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 and teenagers as part of that, and, and we have a guy that's a, uh, he's a rapist, and he comes in there and something happens, Who's going to be liable? We we got to be very careful here. Listen, you you can't go in any federal building. You can't get on an airplane without subjecting yourself to uh, ID search or the rules. It's just it's it's America. I I don't think we can condone that. Yeah, it's, it's a problem, Howard. I don't have the full solution, but I don't think we can just say, oh, okay, we're going to dump them all in one place. And this problem's going to go away, even with a big fence around it. Does the city, should the city be, the city itself, the, the city of Wheeling, the institution of the city, should it be contributing to this life hub? You know, I, Howard, right now, council per, is looking at a $100,000 contribution. Personally, I don't think so. I think this is a social service. You know, social services in the world have gone on for a long time. Uh, probably the best way to deal with this is through the faith-based institutions. Uh, that, that's the way to do it. I, I think it's an albatross if the city gets involved in this. Listen, the $100,000 in my mind is just a start. There's expenses next year and the year after. Once you contribute that kind of money and build, you're going to be expected to do that. I, that's me. I, I would tend to agree with you that it is a, it is a threshold decision being made now. It is. Um, and, and, and if we make that decision, I mean, this council has the right to make their decision. I'm, I'm not going to question that. But you need to make it very clear, this is it. Yeah. This is not an annual budget item. Unfortunately, I'm not sure that, I, I think you're probably right. Once, once you open the doors to, to being part of the project, you will either be expected to at least do that or do other things or to do more. I, I have been intrigued because m- most of the council people I've talked to has, still are reticent about this life hub they're struggling yes, they're struggling they and, they they, and, and and i understand that i'm struggling with it myself um so what do you think about the idea of a of a managed not the life hub which is this building down on right the old church actually across from city hall basically um the idea of a managed camp someplace that there be one camp set aside somewhere where they can pitch their tents and can live but it's managed with certain rules and regulations it's not the ultimate solution, but it's a it, it's on the it's on the path. I think first you got to do, and if you look around right our our, our our creek beds and Howard, you're talking about Elm Grove. I'm talking about Edgewood. Uh, you know, we we have it all over, and as we try to sell our city and beautify our city and attract people to Ogilvy Park, uh, our guests have to go buy this when they come into town. Uh, so, man, manage camp. I think is a step in the right direction if. You can find the right place. I, I don't know what the right place is. And, and let's be honest. Uh, I, I feel bad right now. The, you know, the folks up around uh, the Nelson Jordan Center there are complaining because that's, that's where it's at. That's, that area has had an increase in crime. Uh, there's a daycare center right there that has daily problems with needles and, uh, in, in the parking lot. Uh, 
it's a fine line we got to walk, but we have to address it. We just can't ignore it. You can't just put a Band-Aid on it. We, we've got to address it. I like the idea of a managed camp. I think we've got to deal with the homeless, and not everybody's going to go into some kind of a shelter. You need a, a, Some want to be in their tents. I like the idea of a managed camp. My problem is I don't think we've defined that yet. We know exactly what it is and, or where it is. I think before the council moves forward on that, they should have said, this is where it's going to be, and here is how it's going to be run. We're going to provide, and I... I'm not saying this specific. We're going to provide dumpsters, toilets, and water. And then there's going to be daily inspections and somebody's going to come and chat. We don't have enough details about this yet. Where would it be? I think it needs to be, I don't, have, I don't know where this is. It needs to be far enough away from direct contact with people that will be bothered by it but close enough that they can get to the services they need. That's I agree a, with that's that. That's a hard thing to do, hard place to find. It's, it's, it's a hard place to find. And, and no matter what location they choose, there's going to be folks object to that. And there's a third issue, which we've been talking about in this show before. We had the, uh, uh, the Monongalia County Commissioner uh, President was on with us. In Monongalia County, they've passed an ordinance. It's not an anti-panhandling ordinance, but it's designed to be anti-panhandling. And it's simply this. Nobody, nobody can solicit anything on a public street in Montague County, Morgantown specifically. Now, that means you can't do the fireman's boot in the middle of the street either, but then there can be no panhandling, there can be no, you can't do any, I think that's a smart move. Personally, I I guess I do too. It strikes me as as a way to avoid the concern about discriminating against homeless, because it's not, it's it's everybody anywhere. Um, because because part of the visual concern is is the panhandling that goes on. Oh, that's that's very uh, big problem because if you if you pull off the heavy traffic there at Perkins, you've been off. I live in Edgewood. I pass that spot a couple times daily, and not only do they panhandle, but they litter the property. It's just it's it's horrible looking. And for many guests coming to Ogilvy, and Ogilvy is a tremendous uh, tourist visitation center, the first thought. The first vision they get a wheelie is the Perkins stop right yeah, there. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And, and, and that stays. And, and, they, and, we, and that, that's the kind of city. Economic development. So if, if I'm a prospective business guy that by accident is coming down to Wilkeville and I look at that, I, I've already got a negative on my chart. Yeah. I don't have an answer, but I think. I don't either, but, but I think we have to look for answers. And I think we have to recognize that the problem is multifaceted. You know, it's yes, not, it not just banning public camping. It's a lot of other things, too. Uh, Danny, I'm out. Denny, I'm out. Did I call him Danny? Bob, did I just call him Danny? Denny. Okay. Denny, I'm out of time. Thank you, sir, for coming in. Thank you for We'll talk a lot more before the election, I'm sure. Anytime, you're welcome to come in here and chat with us. And I appreciate uh, appreciate you stepping up and taking a swing. Well, it's it's time to to step up. If you you disagree with a few things, uh, it's time to step up. And as I said, uh, the other candidates are obviously not bad people at all. We just have some disagreements. Nine o'clock, ABC covers the world right now. Boogie to the ride to the reindeer boogie this Christmas Eve night.